Well, go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 9 says, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Call no man father upon the earth. Y'all guess what I'm going to be talking about? Maybe what inspired today's message. How many of y'all followed the Pope this week? The Pope was in town or he was in America. And you know what? I'm just going to say this right from the get-go. When you criticize the Pope, you're on walking on dangerous ground with a lot of people. But let me tell you something. I have every right to do this. One, not just as a believer, not just as a Bible believer and as a Christian, but as an American taxpayer, do you know how much money they spent on just secret service and security to have this man in our country? I mean, as a taxpayer, I have a right to complain about that. And then secondly, as a believer, as a Bible believer, I also have a huge problem with it because I believe that there is a massive multitude of people in this country now that are... I mean, it will be almost impossible for them to ever get saved as a result of this man's visit. And you wonder about, and you you wonder why. Well, first off, I don't know how many of y'all watched as these people just clamored to get near the Pope, as these people clamored to touch the Pope, as the people as they would bring. I don't know if you saw these people; they would bring their sick kids to the Pope so they could bless them, and the people would start crying and just going crazy because the Pope blessed them because the shadow of the Pope passed upon them, which is the shadow of Peter. They said they said that right there on the news. I mean, people just clamoring. And let me tell you something. Now you go and you try to witness to these people that have been blessed by the Pope and tell them that they need to get saved. Why would they need to get saved? We were blessed by the Pope. We received communion from the Pope. And you will probably never be able to convince some of these people that they need to be saved. Yet, as Bible believers here today, we know that taking communion from the Pope is not going to get anybody to heaven. You know, the getting blessed by the Pope is not going to get anyone saved. And I know he looks like a nice, sweet, old, innocent guy. You know, I mean, I mean, how innocent? You know, I mean, you know, what's to be scared of? I mean, he's a nice old guy wearing a pretty white dress. I mean, what do we have to be worried about that? Right, look, we got plenty to be worried about with that type of thing. And I, as Bible believers, we should—if you're a Bible believer—you should have been very disturbed by what you saw this week. Very disturbed. I was greatly disturbed. And I was greatly disappointed too. I was kind of hoping he was going to announce the Antichrist this week. Didn't happen. But at the, uh, that, but at the same time, very disturbed by much of what I saw this week. And so, I just want to tell you today, the title of my message is Don't Put Your Hope in the Pope. Because there are a lot of people now, you will never convince them that they are not going to heaven because they saw the Pope. They touched the Pope. The Pope touched them. The Pope blessed them. And it will be almost impossible. And let me tell you something. There is nowhere in the Bible that where there is any person that resembles the Pope and what he is and what he stands for. And unfortunately, and I'm just going to say this too, this is, this is just a, a fact that... Even the Catholics will not deny it. They are not Bible believers. Okay, they use the Bible, they reference the Bible, but the the church, that institution that is, was created by man, it is the final authority. They know what the Bible says, but what the church says trumps the Bible. 
That's what they believe. What the Pope says trumps the Bible. You know, everybody. Every time a new Pope comes along, everyone's hoping this next Pope will allow women priests. Okay, like the Pope's the one that makes the rules. And you know what? In that religion, he is. He is the one that makes the rules. And so, yeah, I guess the Pope could do that in their religion. Okay, now we know what the Bible says about it. But the Pope could do that. They're all hoping he will. They're always hoping too. Maybe the Pope will allow priests to get married. Okay. Now, where did the Pope get off not allowing the priests to get married? You know, doesn't the Bible say the bishop is to be the husband of one wife? I mean, it's pretty obvious. You know, he's supposed to have his children in subjection with all gravity. Yet their priests aren't allowed to get married, and they wonder why there's all the perversion and stuff that goes on. Okay, I mean, they're going against the Bible, going against nature. But I just want to show you some things here from the Bible. You know, my problems with the Pope. Okay, because we're Bible believers here. Okay, so we, as much talk as there was about uniting religions today, or, you know, this week, we, we can't do that. Okay, we cannot unite with a lie. We cannot unite with something that is downright wicked and evil. And my first problem with the Pope is simply his name, the Pope. Okay, you know that that term Pope, it it means Holy Father. Okay, I mean I listen to our president, who's not even Catholic, referring to him as His Holiness, Holy Father. Okay, you're not even Catholic. Why would you call him Father? Okay, obviously Catholics shouldn't either. But especially if you're not a Catholic, why would you call him Father? And just you know, Pope. Most languages, it's like Papa. Okay, we all know what that is. You know, I heard all these people going, "Oh, Papa, oh, Papa." You know, and they. You don't. Bible says not to do that. Call him no man, father. So I have a problem with that name. He is not my father. Okay? If I, you know, if I talk to priests, I don't call them father. A lot of times people do. You know, to be respectful, they'll call him father, even when they're not Catholic. I won't do that. I'll call him pastor. You know, out of respect, because they are pastors. I guess you could say of those churches, but I don't call them father. They are not my father. And the Bible says, call no man father. It's real simple, folks. That's pretty clear. I mean, out of the mouth of Jesus Christ Himself, He said, call no man father upon earth. God is our Father. And so I've got a problem with the very name of the Pope. He is not my father in any way, shape, or form. He is not anybody's father in any way, shape, or form unless He has some kids that we don't know about. He is not anyone's father. But... I also have a, so Matthew twenty three nine right there. That's enough. But also look at Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty two. Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty two. I have a problem with his claim to being head of the church. And I don't know if y'all realize this too. Catholics, first of all, they believe we're Protestants. Okay, they will refer to Baptists as Protestants. We are not Protestants. We never broke off the Catholic Church. We did not come from the Catholic Church. Don't let people call you Protestants. We are not Protestants. We did not break off the Catholic Church. We were around before Catholics. Okay? They didn't come along to the 4th century. People like us, people that believe what we believe, we were around before Catholicism ever came into being. I mean, hello, have you ever heard of John the Baptist? Okay? That was before Catholics. So just keep that in mind. We're not a break off, but they see Protestant churches and they think we are one as basically kind of being in rebellion against the Catholic Church, and they still feel that they are in authority, even though most Protestants don't listen. They you know, look at us as kind of wayward children and stuff, and they do see themselves, you know, they see, the Pope sees himself 
as our Father, even though we don't claim uh, you know, to be His children. But um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. The Pope is not the head of any church. He is the head of Catholicism, the false religion of Catholicism, but He's not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And you know what blew my mind is how many references I heard of the Pope that people were using that are what we should be calling Christ. You know, things like Holy Father, His Holiness. That's, that's Jesus Christ. I mean, people call Him the Vicar of Christ. They, I mean, some people are calling Him Christ Himself. And Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And He is the head of this church, okay? As a pastor, I'm not the head of this church, okay? Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the real pastor. He is the real shepherd of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Okay, you as members, we have, we have no right to just make up rules that are contrary to the Word of God. Contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. There is any institution that is out there that thinks that they can make rules that trump what the Bible says is completely out of line. And obviously there are certain things that God gave for us to judge ourselves. There are certain things that the Bible said, you know, as a church we're supposed to judge these things. But when it comes to things like, you know, a pastor who is to be a pastor, we we don't get to make those rules. The Bible made those very clear. You know, pastors getting married. That's that's very clear in the Bible. And unfortunately, that man believes he is above that. He is above, his authority is above the authority of the Bible. And I have a problem with anybody that does that. I don't care if it's the Pope. I don't care if it's a pastor of another Baptist church or a member of another church. None of us are above what the Bible says. None of us are above that authority. The Word of God is the final authority. Why? Because this is God's Word. Jesus Christ, these are His words Himself, and He is the head of this church. And so we are always going to follow what's in the book, okay? And don't forget about, don't ever forget about that. But so I have a problem with his name. I have a problem with his claim to being head of the church. I have a problem, and I dare you to deny this. I have a problem with his worship of the creation over the Creator. Now you go, you go on this Pope. He's he's a he's a twit head. He's got a Twitter account, and look at all his tweets that he does. Most of them are about the environment. Most of his talking this week was about the environment and climate change and save the planet. This Pope is an environmentalist and a half. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't take care of our planet. Okay, I don't think you ought to go littering and throwing your garbage all over the place. Okay, I mean, I am not an environmentalist one bit, but I hate littering. Okay, My kids have littered before. And whenever my kids have littered, I make them do community service. Okay, I make them go... And in a public place, and pick up garbage. Okay, and I make sure they get more than whatever they threw away. And I've always tell them, and that's usually one time. That's all I've ever had to do. I always tell them the second time, I'm going to make you wear an orange jumpsuit. 
Okay, because I just I can't stand litter bugs. I can't stand people that are just slobs and throw their garbage around everywhere. I, I don't want to see it, and I shouldn't have to see it. But listen, I'm not worried about destroying this planet from it. We are not going to destroy this planet that God created. Okay, that, and we are also not going to. And the thing about this planet too, maybe there is some science that says it's falling apart. But that's because this planet is temporary. God made it to be temporary. God, when He created this world, He there was a canopy of water that was over this world that God had created, knowing one day there was going to be a flood. And the flood came and it flooded this whole world. And the Bible says also, I don't have the verse in front of me, but it talks about one of these days this world is going to be destroyed by fire. Okay? Everything in it is going to burn up one of these days. And that's the way God made it. It's the way He intended it. And this worship of the creation of the planet over the Creator, it's not a new thing. It's always been around. Go to Romans chapter 1. And that right, this right here is exactly what's going on in our society today. And this Pope, talk, I mean, he, just listen to him constantly talking about the environment, saving the planet, climate change, all that stuff. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it tells us about these kind of people. And it says, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. Okay? Go to any Catholic church and look at all the graven images all over the place. Okay, they make Jesus into a, you know they make images of Jesus that make him look like corruptible man. You cannot make an image of Jesus to do any justice. That's why we don't make graven images. Okay, it's huge over there. That's not what we're talking about. But into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Okay. He's changing the truth of God. Okay? And when you change the truth of God, it's into a lie. Okay? And when He's trumping the Scriptures, overruling the Scriptures, He's lying. It says, "...and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever." Amen. That is what our world does. This global warming stuff, this climate change, this environmentalist stuff, they are worshipping the creation over the Creator. Okay, you go talk to 99% of environmentalists, they do not believe in a creator. They do not believe in creation. They do not believe in a young earth. They want to talk about the billions and billions of years and all that kind of stuff. And they, they, you know, they're worried about the destruction of the planet through climate change. As Bible believers, we know how this planet is going to be destroyed. We know about the judgment that is coming on this planet. We know it eventually is going to be torched. It is going to be burned. That there is going to be some real global warming. Nothing's going to be left. Nothing's going to survive. But it's the judgment of God on man's sin. And you know what? If the Pope wanted to get up and talk about the changes in the climate and say, you know, hey, this is this is a reminder that we are entering into the end times. That Jesus Himself said that there was going to be you know famines and earthquakes and all these in diverse places, all these things were going to happen. But if He would get up and remind people that hey, as you see this planet falling apart. Just understand that there's a reason for it. It's because of man's sin. And it's only a matter of time. And Jesus Christ is going to return and He is going to judge this world for their sin. There's going to be punishment for sin and would call on people to repent of their sins. 
But he doesn't do that. You know what he does? He drives around in a little Fiat instead of one of these big cars like all the you know big shots do. To try to promote, you know, using these you know little Steve Urkel cars that people want to drive around so they can save the planet. You know, just getting on to everybody for burning too much fossil fuels and being wasteful and consuming too much. Listen, that whole environmentalist thing, it's a religion. And if you want to know where that religion comes from, there's a good term for it. It's witchcraft. Okay, Wiccans, which is basically witchcraft, they worship the creation. They worship Mother Earth. That is where witchcraft comes from. Okay, and you look at. You, I don't recommend you go study witchcraft, but if you do, study it and the environmentalist movement, and you're going to find out these are two peas in a pod. Okay, they they go right along. And listen, I I'm not going to go. You know. I'm not telling you to go out and throw your garbage around. I'm not telling you to go out and, you know, let's all burn a tire tonight. I'm not talking about doing that. You know, we need to be respectful of the people around us. We don't want to do things to inconvenience other people just because we're slobs. Alright? But at the same time, if you need something, if you need some firewood, you can, you're allowed to cut down a tree. If you need something to eat, you're allowed to go kill an animal and eat it. You're allowed to, you're allowed to do these things. And it's okay. God gave us dominion over these things. And these people that want to worship the creation and not talk about the Creator, I have a huge problem with that. And listen, I didn't listen to everything the Pope said all week, but I listened to quite a bit of what he had to say. And you know what? I, I, I don't think I heard him use Jesus' name one time. I heard him talk about God. I heard references to God, but I didn't hear him talk about Jesus. I didn't even hear him talk about Mary. Right? And I don't think you ought to talk that much about her, but at the same time, if he's a real Catholic, you know they make a huge deal about Mary, don't they? But and I'm going to get into why uh, why I don't believe he mentioned Jesus a whole lot here in just a little bit. But I have a huge problem with that worship of the creation over the Creator. And this Pope is one of the biggest environmentalists I've ever seen in my life, and that is a it's a false religion. But I also have a problem with his disregard for the authority of the Scriptures. Yeah, if you all saw his address to Congress, one thing that got him a standing ovation in our Congress was when he got up and he said that we need to abolish the death penalty. Okay, and oh man, everybody just went nuts over that. But you know what? Genesis chapter nine verse six, which is before the law. Okay, you know, whenever you bring up the death penalty, oh, that was Old Testament law. That was Old Testament law. Well, let me show you something. Before the Old Testament law, in Genesis 9, verse 6, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. There's a huge problem with killing people if they're made in the image of God. And we ought to respect that life. And the one who told us that is the same one who said, when man, when a man sheds another man's blood, man is supposed to shed his blood. Not God. Well, we'll leave it up to God. No, God left it up to us. He told us to do it. He did that before the law. And you know what? He even did it after the law. Look at Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1. And it says, "...let every soul be subject unto the higher powers." Now, people love using these passages here to say, listen to the government. Do everything the government tells you. Okay, you know, and I'm not starting a rebellion or anything here, but I just want you to understand what the government's role is according to the Bible. 
Okay, it's not providing health care to everyone. It's not all you know. It's not all the things that the government's doing. The purpose of the government, according to the Bible, is the punishment of evildoers. Okay, all these other things the government's doing today, the Bible never even referenced governments doing that. That was never their job. It was not what they were ordained to do. So just keep that in mind. But he tells us to be subject to the higher powers. Okay. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. People scratch their heads on that all the time. Wait a minute. Our rulers are a terror to good works. Okay? Not when they're doing what God's told them to do. Not according to a biblical government. Yet when they're taxing people like crazy, they are being a terror to good works. When the IRS is going after conservative organizations and Tea Party people, to you know, punish them for being against Democrats, then yes, they are being a terror to good works. But understand, where in the Bible do we see God giving, telling governments to be the wealth spreaders and to be, make equality? That's not. What, it's talking about the punishment of evildoers. Okay, and I wish people would get that and understand it. And because I said this other stuff that's going on that they call government. Okay, it is a terror to good works, but it's not government. Okay, IRS, while they are a part of our government technically, according to biblical government, that's not what it is. They're something completely different. They are a shakedown service, basically. But anyway, verse four: For he is the minister of God to thee for good. Who's the minister? All right, who is the minister of God? We're going to find out. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Okay? He beareth not the sword in vain. What do you all think he's going to do with that sword? Threaten us? Hey, if you do that, we're going to lock you up and we're going to put you in prison for the rest of your life. Okay? No, that's not what they did. They executed. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake, for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. You know why we're supposed to pay taxes? So we can pay people to punish evildoers. Okay? And listen, you making more money than your neighbor is not evil doing. Alright? So these people that are taking some of your money so they can spread the wealth and make things more equal, that's not, that's not punishment of evildoers, okay? It's people who are hurting other people. All right, people who are out, there are people that are dangerous that are out there that they kill others, they hurt other people, they take things that don't belong to them, and we need people that will go out and stop them. Okay? And stop them not through locking them up for the rest of their life, which I would call cruel and unusual punishment, but by ending their life. That was before the Bible and that was after the Bible. Or not after the Bible, after the law. Before the law and after the law. It still applies today. And there are many more Scriptures we can go to show you that. But for some reason, the Pope thinks he's above that and calls on our country to stop doing one of the few things it's doing right. I mean, we're doing a lot of stuff wrong, but that at least we still do a little bit of that. Not much, but a little bit, a little bit of that. And I think we ought to be... Uh, you know, we ought to be thankful for that, and we ought to have a problem with him saying that. He has no right to say that. And especially as someone who claims to be a Christian 
or I don't even know if he claims to be a Bible believer, you can't claim to be a Bible believer and call on our governments to abolish the death penalty. That makes no sense at all. So, uh, But he has no regard for the authority of Scripture. And I have a problem with that. But also, another problem I have is his acceptance of worship. Okay, Now you tell me that what was going on was not worship this week. I mean, these people that are just clamoring to, to touch him. I mean, you'd see it as people walking by. You know, he's got to have all these secret service guys trying to keep people off of him because they, they just want to touch him. They want to touch his holiness. They could touch the hem of his garment. You know, I saw I saw these people, you know, trying to take selfies with the Pope. Now you go tell somebody who has a selfie of them and the Pope that they're not going to heaven, and they'll never believe you. I don't care how much scripture you show them, they'll never believe you. I mean, the the worship, the praise that they were given. I mean, just all the pomp and circumstance that went into this guy. I mean, it was flat out worship. You know, the kissing his ring. Okay, we had a girl here that visited one time. That she was nervous. She came with you guys. She was nervous because at the church she goes to, she always has to kiss the pastor's ring. And when I came along to shake her hand, she was afraid she was going to have to kiss my ring. But I just shook her hand. And they, you know, they said she said later, you know, t- talking to them that she was relieved she didn't have to kiss my ring or kiss my hand. I'm not going to accept that. I mean, you know, don't even try. But you know what? In some places, there's a, there's a lot of man worship. And you know what? Some of this stuff even happens in Baptist churches sometimes too. And it's too bad. And uh, it's not going to happen around here. Okay? It's it's not right. We don't worship man. And but you know, it's one thing. Sometimes though, people will go overboard. And it's the responsibility of that individual to call them out on it. And to stop them, but that's not popular. And we'll go to, go to Acts chapter twelve and verse twenty-one. I love this story here in Acts chapter twelve and verse twenty-one. And I know there's going to be a question that comes to your mind after I read this story to you, and but I've got an answer for it. Acts chapter twelve and verse twenty-one. We're going to find out what God thinks about worshiping man. It says, and upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And immediately, or, and the people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. Now, let me tell you something. I heard very similar things said all week about this Pope. I mean, this is basically the voice of Christ. You know, his shadow is the shadow of Peter. You know, his, I mean, he, they, they referred to him as his divinity. One time, I literally heard them say it, and he said, "It is the voice of a god." And immediately, the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms, and gave up the ghost. I love it. I, he did. He's he knew he wasn't God, okay? But man, he's out there and he's making a big speech, and man, the people are just going nuts over it. And you know what? He didn't rebuke them. They're crying, it's the voice of a God. You know what he did? He took it. He accepted it. Why, those people, they, they think I'm God. Isn't that nice? He should have called them out on it. And because he didn't, God smote him and he was eaten of worms. I mean, doesn't sound like a good way to go. Alright, now I know what you're probably thinking. Well, how come the Pope didn't die then? You know why? I'll tell you exactly why the Pope didn't die when he was being worshipped. Because... We don't need to see people die to know they're doing the wrong thing. We have the Word of God. Alright? You understand? There are things that God did in the Bible 
to show us, all right, to teach us, you know, right and wrong. And there were examples that God made for the rest of us, but God is not going to go and make everyone that gets worship be eaten of worms. And God doesn't have to do that. He gave us His Word. The very fact that Herod was eaten of worms when the people worshipped him, said it's the voice of God, right there is proof that that shouldn't happen, that that displeases God. And when those people were doing it in America this last week, God was just as upset as He was back then. And God shouldn't have to make smite them with worms every time. We ought to just accept God's Word for it. Just accept what it says. And so, yeah, he didn't fall over dead. Yes, he did not get eaten of worms, but God was just as mad because God doesn't like when we worship man. God is the only one that we're supposed to worship. Look at Acts chapter 14, verse 11. Now, Paul and Barnabas, these guys, they knew better. They learned, they learned their lesson. Look at, how, look at what these guys did. After We're not going to read the whole thing, but this is just two chapters later. After... Herod received this worship. And Paul and Barnabas, they're there, they're preaching. And look what the people said in verse 12. It says, And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. In the verse before it said, They were saying, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. They're basically giving these guys divinity. They listen to Paul and Barnabas and like, Man, the gods are come down to us. And they did. They named them after their gods. And Paul and Silas, they rent their clothes. And they ran and they rebuked the people. They said, Stop it. We are men of like passions just like you. We are not. This is the Apostle Paul. Now, I think pretty much any of us in here, at least, would admit the Apostle Paul beats the Pope. Okay? And I would think even a lot of Catholics would, beat, would admit the Apostle Paul beats the Pope. But yet the Apostle Paul would not accept worship. He rent his clothes and said, I'm. Just like you people, I am another man. And you know what? If a Catholic comes to you and asks what you think about the Pope, you don't have to tell him you think he's probably the false prophet. You don't have to you know, call him a bunch of names. They won't understand. But one thing that they should understand, and one thing you can't tell them that you can tell them, is you know what? He is just another man. And he's a sinner, and he needs Jesus Christ as his Savior. And that's. Absolute truth. And that's what that's what you ought to tell people. But these guys, they didn't. And they, they would not accept the worship. They stopped the people. And you know what happened as a result of that? These people who wanted to worship them, the people who thought they were gods, they stoned them. They stoned Paul and they left, they left him for dead. Why? Just because he wouldn't accept the worship. And you know what? The Pope, he... He accepted it. I didn't. I didn't hear him rebuke one person for it. I didn't go, man. He's 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 eating it all up, man. He's he's soaking it all in. I mean, these people are just going crazy. They're bawling, crying, and I'm telling you right now, if you think God was one bit pleased by that, you don't know our God very well. That God hates that type of thing, and no man should ever accept worship from anyone. But also, another problem I have, his role in uniting the false religions of the world. How many saw the interfaith service that they had? And up there on the stage behind him, they had, you know, people of all different, you know, colors and tribes and, you know, get ups. They had Muslims up there. They had Jews up there. They had uh, 
you know, Hindus and Buddhists, they had all these religions all up there having this service together at the one place that unites us more than anything, you know, ground zero. You know, where 9-11 happened, the one time when America seemed to get together for about two days and they had this, they had this big, you know, service together. You know, and I'm telling you right now, people, the news media loves that stuff and even a lot of Christians. They love seeing that. They love seeing all the religions come together. You know, we all worship the same God, right? Wrong! Okay, we do not all worship the same God. And God is not pleased with that one bit. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 10. It says, "...be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified..." Whom God raised from the dead, even by Him did this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone that which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And you know what? I'm getting tired of this thing. Well, we all worship the same God. Okay? Well, first of all, that's not true. But even if it were true, there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's not under God. It's not under Yahweh. It's not under Allah. It's not under Buddha. It's Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ. And when you get to Jesus, when you start talking about Jesus Christ, it gets kind of specific, doesn't it? Because the Muslims don't go through Jesus Christ. The Jews don't go through Jesus Christ. You know, the Buddhists, the Muslims, and all these people—they don't go through Jesus Christ. And maybe that's why this Pope, who's trying to unite the religions, didn't mention Jesus a whole lot. Because if you say God, well, yeah, God and Allah, yeah, it means the same thing. You know, Buddha, that's just the way the Chinese say it. You know, whatever. But listen, that none of that's true. But even if it were, they wouldn't be getting, they're not going to the same place. They're not getting to heaven. No man can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. And for me to, you know, to get up here, a lot of Christians too, while they're against a lot of these other religions, you know, they'll stand arm in arm with the Jew anytime. Man, we worship the same God. I mean, these people these people are our fathers in the faith. We come from them. No, we don't. They rejected the Messiah. I mean, Jesus said, you know, the Messiah whom ye crucified. He's talking to the Jews. He is the one. There's no salvation in any other. You are not going to get to God. Okay? Most people would agree that. Our God and the Jews' God is the same. But Peter is basically telling them here, you're not getting to Him unless you go through Jesus Christ. Okay, And that he was talking to Jews. And us making them feel good about what they're doing and telling them they're okay when they're on their way to hell is it's a crying shame. And we have no business doing that. And this Pope is doing all he can to unite the religions of the world. And you know what? And he's doing a real good job. Except the only thing, the religions he's uniting are all the false religions. And they're getting on board and going along. But you know what? Not going to do it. And we're not, we, don't, we don't have time to go through and read all these things. But I'm telling you, when you, when you preach the truth, okay, it's, it, it, it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause division. In Acts chapter 19, you should read Acts chapter 19, starting verse 22. They were there in Ephesus, and they had another god they worshipped there. Her name was Diana, okay, the god of the Ephesians that they worshipped. 
And they went and they started preaching the truth there. They started preaching about Jesus Christ. And you know what the people did? They started chanting, you know, great is Diana, I believe. I can't remember what it was they said exactly. And for like two hours, they just kept praising her name. They kept chanting that. And finally, they, they, they had to leave. Paul didn't stay and say, hey, you know what? This is great. This is great. Let's all get along. You know, we have our God and you've got your God. And they're basically the same, even though one's a male and another's a female. You know, even though they have different names, let's all unite and let's all get together. You know what they did? They left. Paul wanted to go back in there and keep on preaching, if you read the story. Thinking, because, and then the other disciples stopped him, I think because they knew if he went back in there, he was going to die. And I don't think Paul went back in there because he just he knew he was going to convince him. I think he was just ready to die for his faith. I think he was I think he was ready to be killed, and they stopped him from doing it. But let me tell you, there was no unity that took place there that day. Everywhere Paul went, there was either you know they say all the time there was either a revival or a riot, and many times there were riots. They would go nuts, and you know what? I'd have loved it if one of those people would have got up there and just said, you know what? I don't even know what I'm doing here. There is only one name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved, and that's Jesus Christ. And just, but you know what? Let me tell you. You know they vetted the people really good, and they knew they didn't have to worry about that. I mean, I didn't get an invite to go there. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't have had to do much checking to find out. I'm not, I would. I'm not going to go along. I'm not going to say what they want me to say. And I believe that. We should not get caught up. I don't believe in the ecumenical movement. I believe in the local church. I believe in truth. And I'm not going to go around trying to shut these places down, but I'm not going to go and link arms with them and act like we're working together when we're not. Not going to do that. But then finally, we're running out of time, but another problem, his role in the rise of the Antichrist and the slaughter of Christians. Now you go read Revelation chapter 12. And we're introduced to another beast. Not the beast talking about the Antichrist, but this one that's known as the false prophet that points people to the beast. That points people to the Antichrist. That causes everyone to worship the Antichrist. And listen, I'm not going to re-preach a message I did on Wednesday a few weeks ago. But I'm just going to tell you right now, if the false prophet is not the Pope, man, I don't know who else it could be. I'm not saying it's this particular Pope. But I, I, I believe the false prophet of Revelation is going to be the Pope. I, mean, I just can't think of anyone else. We saw the way this guy united everybody just this week. We saw, I mean, if he would have told those people to stamp a 666 on their head right there, those people would have done it. I, they'd have done it in a heartbeat. And I think it's going to be a little sneakier than that. But I mean, if he told them to take a mark, whatever, they would do it in a heartbeat. We saw the way they were with him. The Pope, uh, he, he would not have trouble doing that. But I believe his role is very clear and I believe he's going to be very involved. And then finally, his destination. You know, you know, you're going to end up in the same place of the people that you're following. And you know what? The Bible says that the false prophet, him and the Antichrist, are cast into hell. And then a thousand years later, we see in Revelation, I don't have time to go into all the Scriptures on it, but it mentions that the devil was cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. 
That's another reminder too that hell, it's not just an annihilation. It's not some place that people go and just burn up and cease to exist. A thousand years later, when Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, it says it's where the beast and the false prophets... It's not where they were. It's where the beast and the false prophet are. That's where, they're, that's where he's heading. And the people that follow him, the people who are getting their hope from him, who are finding their salvation in him, are going to end up in that same place. And I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to go there. And thank God I don't have to go there because I'm not following them. I'm following Jesus Christ. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He saved my soul. I know I'm going to heaven. Jesus Christ, He is my high priest. I don't need a priest. I don't need a pope. I don't need I don't need any of those things. I have a Father. I have a Savior. He's Jesus Christ. You want the answer to all these things. All these things that the the Pope claims to be, that's what Jesus Christ is. That's what He does. The things that people want from the Pope. This healing people were trying to get from the Pope. These blessings that people were trying to get from the Pope. Those blessings, those healings, they come from Jesus Christ. Not from a man. And I just want to encourage you today not to get caught up in this stuff. Don't get your hope in the Pope. There is no hope there. He is just another man. If he's got anything extra going for him, it's because maybe he's got a little extra juice from Satan because he's a false prophet. But if other than that, he's got there's nothing else. He is a man. He is a sinner, and he needs to be saved. And if he doesn't put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he will go to hell. And that goes for any anybody. And so I hope you all will remember that.